God into the word. Amen. Verse 13 says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He has delivered us. That means he's brought us out from the power of darkness. Now, it doesn't say this here, but we know that. Uh, the devil, the enemy, is the God of this world. And that simply means, that doesn't mean he is God or that he has all control, <clears throat> all control, but it means that he has a level of authority and a level of reign in the earth. And so what we have to identify is that since he has a level of authority, power follows authority. If you operate in authority, then you exercise power. If you operate in a position of authority, then you exercise power. So the Bible does not say here that we have come out of the kingdom of darkness because the devil is not a king and he does not have a kingdom. Okay. sometimes you may hear uh, pastors and other people quote this verse and say, we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Well, there is no other kingdom but God's kingdom. You got to understand that. But there are other authorities. There are other powers. There's no denying that there's a power that the devil has. There's no denying that there's an authority that he can exercise. The bottom line is, is God's authority trumps all authority. (laughs) I don't have to be concerned with how powerful the devil is because the more powerful he is, the more powerful my God is because he's more powerful than the devil. You see where I'm going with that? And so what we have to understand is, although we didn't come out of a kingdom, we did come out of another authority that exercised power over us. You can't have authority without power and you can't have power without authority. In fact, power without authority is dangerous. That means you haven't been legalized to operate with that kind of power. Okay, you can operate a gun and it's got power. But you can also operate a gun illegally. It still has the same amount of power, but you don't have the authority to exercise and to pull that weapon in that type of scenario. But police officers, they have the power backed by the authority. The authority is what backs you to operate in the power. Okay, so the devil operates in the power of darkness, the power of of darkness. He has an authority over a certain realm that's been given to him. And the authority hasn't been retracted. He hasn't uh, he hasn't been removed from authority in the earth. He's been removed from authority over those who are under God's authority. I can be in the earth and be under God's authority and the devil's authority can't touch me, which means his power can't touch me. Because I have been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed, that means transferred, from one rule to another. Tonight we're talking about new kingdom, new rules. When I've come out of the power of darkness, that means I have come out from under the control of the devil operating over my life. Before you were born again, before you were saved, he had full reign in your life. 
He used you as a member or as an instrument of sin, as an instrument of hurting other people, as an instrument of using your words and your hands and your actions and your responses and your motives against the will of God. But now we've been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed or transferred. This word conveyed carries the connotation of when a uh, when a nation would overtake another nation and pull all the people out of that nation and bring them to their nation. And see, God's people knew what conveyed meant because they'd been through that about four times before Jesus showed up. They knew what it meant to have some other nation come in, overtake you, overthrow that nation, and then take you with them. Anybody remember Daniel, the prophet? He's got his own book, okay? He's a prophet, but he was part of the Jewish nation, but Babylon came in, overthrew them, and pulled Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and a bunch of other people, and brought them to Babylon, And now they had to learn how to do things the Babylonian way. I don't care what kind of food you eat. You're going to eat our food. I don't care what time you pray. You're going to pray the way we pray. I don't care who you pray to. You're going to pray to who we tell you to. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ran into that issue. You're going to worship this 90-foot tall statue of me, King Nebuchadnezzar. And they say, no, we're not. Because we don't give in to... Your nation, just because we've been overthrown by your nation, we still honor our God. Okay, but they knew what it meant to be conveyed or transferred from one kingdom, one nation into another. And when that happens, you've got new rules. You've got to learn a whole new way of living. Now, here's the exciting part. This is where I want to get to. Is we think new kingdom, new rules. As in, I've got to learn a new set of rules in the kingdom, and this is true. The way that you operated in the world, I don't mean in the earth, I mean in the world under the power of darkness, is not the way we operate in the kingdom. We know this. This is our character. This is a new conduct that we have. We have a new standard of living now. But here's what I want to identify today, tonight is that the new rules I'm talking about is your rule in this earth. See, we haven't been removed from the earth. And this is where a lot of believers get hung up in, is the only way I'm going to experience the kingdom life is is when I go to heaven. But look at what Matthew chapter 16 says. Look at what Matthew chapter 16 says. New kingdom, new rules. I almost entitled this message, there's a new sheriff in town. (laughs) But I wanted to drive home a different message. Somebody's poisoned the water hole. My son just got a Woody toy, so that's all I hear at the house now. I'm your favorite deputy. Verse 17, blessed are you, Jesus is speaking to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven revealed what Peter speaks out. Jesus is asking, who do people say that I am? They tell him, you know, one of the prophets, Elijah or whatever. And he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter steps out and responds, you are Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And so he says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, Peter. 
But my father who is in heaven, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades or hell will not prevail against it. Now, I just want to pull something out real quick because we have this picture in the church that we're trying to run away from the big bad devil. But this verse prevail means they will not be able to withstand our attack. We're the ones on the offensive, not on the defensive. The church is the one attacking and plundering the darkness and the power of darkness in the world. So we're the ones in charge. We're the ones calling the shots. We're the ones on the offensive. We're the ones attacking, not being attacked. Well, what about all these tests and trials? There are tests and trials whether you're attacking or being attacked. Ask any soldier whether they're in on the offensive running the enemy out or whether they're being attacked. There's still pressure. They're still fighting. It's not any easier attacking. It's just the one who's dominating. It's just about the one who's in charge. It says here that the gates of hell will not prevail. They will not be able to withstand the full force advancement of the kingdom of God is what Jesus is saying here. And he goes forward, verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice here that what we think we've been waiting for the whole time is responding to what we do in the earth, not the other way around. To you has been given keys. What do keys mean? Keys denote authority. If I give you the keys to something, you have the authority to use that or enter that or uh, occupy that. If I give you the keys to this building, then I'm giving you authority and access to this building. If I give you the keys to my car, I'm giving you the authority and the access to the vehicle to use it however you need. Keys here denote authority In the kingdom of heaven, I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the power of heaven to dominate the earth. New kingdom, new rules. There's a new rule in the earth. There's a new rule that is to be advanced in the earth. There's new rules to live by in the earth when you're living according to heaven. What did Jesus tell us to pray? He said, our, how, our Father, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means that this should look like heaven Because of you and I. He said in Luke chapter 17, don't look here or there because the kingdom of God is within you. The only way the kingdom is getting leaked into the earth is through you and I. He has shut it up 
in men and women. He has shut it up in his citizens, his people. Look at uh, Philippians chapter three, verse 20. Philippians chapter three. Verse 20. Paul puts it this way. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the savior The Lord Jesus Christ. That means you are under a different government. You're under a different governing system. You're under a different kingdom with different rules. So the first thing we have to do is learn the new rules. Of the kingdom of God. And then we have to learn how to rule. In the kingdom of God. I hope you're catching on to the play on words that I'm using here on the word rules, because there's a new there's a new set of rules to live by. But there's also a new rule that we have a rulership, a new authority in the earth. And that's you and I. He's taken that kingdom and he's placed it within us. And then he gave us the keys to access all the authority. And then he's got the power backing us. And so every time we speak, every time we act, every time we respond, the kingdom of God should be going forth out of us. We're to dominate. So you could put it this way. The earth is to be subject to heaven. The world, the power of darkness that we saw in Colossians chapter one, verse 13, the power of darkness ought to be listening to you, not the other way around. New kingdom, new rules. Jesus gave us access through his death, his burial and his resurrection to the kingdom of God. That is why Jesus came. That is why Jesus came to this earth. Jesus came to this earth to restore Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let's give them dominion, authority. Let them govern. Let them rule the earth. Man lost that dominion. Man gave up that authority to the devil. You know why? Because authority has to be given. You can't place yourself in authority. The devil couldn't just come here in the form of a serpent and say, I'm taking over. I'm in charge now. No, what do you have to do? He had to have somebody with authority give him authority. That's why nobody can just stand up and say, I'm in charge. I'm the president of the United States now. I'll fix this mess. Get out of the way. We might wish it were that simple. But it doesn't happen that way. That's why you can't go to work and say, hey, don't worry about coming in, boss. I got it. I'm in charge. I need you to stay late. I need you to cover my shift for me. No, it don't work that way. You don't place yourself in authority. Authority has to be given, and it has to be given from someone who's in authority. 
that means that if you don't have the right to give authority away, then you can't do it. So the devil here is seeking out a very specific person, a very specific individual. He's not looking for a cow. He's not looking for a dog. He's not looking for a horse. He's looking for man created in God's image, in God's likeness, that operates and acts and talks and does everything just like God does. And he's familiar with God because he was in heaven with him. He knows what a God looks like. And so he sees Adam and Eve walking around. He goes, wait a minute. If I can get them to give me authority over this thing, I'll be in charge. And so we go through history with the devil as the God of this world. The God who's in charge and we see what's taking place. We see the decay. We see the murders. We see the crisis. We see uh, uh, the, the failing in just about every entity. Entertainment's failing. Government's failing. Finances are failing. Economics are failing. Business is failing. Nature is failing. I mean, the second something comes into the earth, it, it automatically is on a course for decay. Because there's a God of this world. But Jesus comes and restores that authority back to man. He says, you're back in charge again. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So that way you can get heaven back into the earth once again. God is solely concerned with getting his kingdom rule back in this realm once again. And so we have been delivered from the power of darkness. That means Satan and his rule and his authority no longer governs us, no longer uh, has dominion over us, no longer dictates us. And we've been brought into the kingdom of his son. We've been brought into the kingdom of God and been placed in charge, been placed in authority, the keys of the kingdom have been given to us. So here's what happens. Here's where the digression takes place. Is we have believers, citizens of heaven, not of the earth. In fact, if you want to say uh, you could have dual citizenship. I'm a citizen of the United States of America, but I am also a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the citizenship that I have to the kingdom of God overrides anything that could happen to me in this earth. Because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, that gives me access to rights and privileges of that nation, of that country. Look, we may not value our citizenship in the United States, but if you were outside the United States and somebody tried to treat you according to their nation, you all of a sudden would. You would be start. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. I don't belong to this country. I have rights and privileges. You have to go through a certain order because I'm a citizen of the United States of America. You can't do that to me. Right? Citizenship 
causes you to stand up boldly. Because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, I can look the devil square in the face and say, wait a minute. You can't do that. You've got to go through somebody. There's a nation backing me up. There's a king backing me up. And you've got to go through him if you're going to get to me. I've got rights. I've got privilege. I know my rights. <laughs> I know my rights. So we've we got to get we got to get ourselves trained on what are our rights in the kingdom of God? Because if you don't know, you can't operate in it. If you don't know that healing is yours, then the power of darkness will continue to rule over you in sickness and disease. I don't know that that's a right. I don't know that's a privilege of mine as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. New kingdom, new rules. I've got to learn the new rules. I've got to learn how to rule. I've got to learn how to be in dominion, not dictated by what the world says. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to be healed. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to have your needs met. You don't have to wait to get to heaven, to operate in love instead of anger and hatred. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to live in peace. So wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He said the anointing, the Lord has, God has anointed me to set at liberty the captives, to bring, to restore sight to the blind. Here on earth. You know, you look at Jesus' life, and this was someone who knew, I'm of a different kingdom. See, you can be surrounded by the mess and still be in control. In fact, you might not want to hear this, but you've been placed in the mess strategically. You're in the mess because God puts you there. Those crazy family members you have, they're a mess. <laughs> Why do I got to be related to these people? Because you have been placed in the mess to change the mess. We're world changers, people. See, the anointing is there to break burdens to release the yoke off of people. You wouldn't need to be anointed if there wasn't a mess. <laughs> if there was no mess and everything was just easy pick easy pickings or what? Hunky dory. <laughs> then you wouldn't need the anointing. You wouldn't need to change anything. But you've been anointed. You've been given keys to the kingdom. Why? Because you need access to what heaven has so you can change what the earth is. I need access to some peace from heaven to change all this anxiety going on in the earth. I need access to some healing to change all this sickness and disease that's going everywhere. I need some access to some prosperity and some uh, riches according to his glory to, to take care of all this lack and all this not enough going on. 
I need access to heaven so I can change the earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. get you out early enough tonight to go get some ice cream. Just saying. (laughs) Whatever you do on a Wednesday night. Go get some pizza or something. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. Is this good? Amen. It's always good to hear an encouraging message every now and then, right? For we walk by faith, not by sight. New set of rules. New kingdom. New rules. I'm in a new kingdom. So even though I'm surrounded by things that appeal to my flesh, I've got to learn to live according to my spirit. See, I won't change anything around me if I'm affected by everything around me. You can't change what you're affected by. You can't change something if it's changing you. If you can be in the middle of it and not be affected by it, you can change it. You can make a difference. You can be a world changer. But you have to get out of being affected by it. We walk by faith. What's that mean? I'm living according to different standards. Even though I see everything going on around me, I've been placed here to change all that, so I've got to walk according to a different set of rules. If I'm going to operate in a new rule, then I have to live according to a new set of rules. New kingdom, new rules. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Because I live in a new kingdom, I've got a new way of looking at things. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That might not make any sense to you, but we'll explain it here in a minute. For the things which are seen are temporary. It's one of my favorite verses. If you understand kingdom and you understand kingdom living and you understand kingdom reigning and and rulership and authority, this will be one of your favorite verses and I'll explain it to you. The things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Or we could use this word, permanent. Now look back at the beginning. While we do not look at, I want to define this because... This is not saying we ignore. I'm not ignoring what's around me. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not living as if all this stuff isn't happening. That phrase, do not look at, means this. Do not gaze upon or do not give focus. While we do not look at, while we do not focus on, while we do not gaze upon the things which are seen. 
I'm not ignoring the fact that there's something trying to attack my body. I'm not ignoring the fact that uh, everybody at my job is lost and dying and going to hell and they don't care about it. Uh, I'm not ignoring the fact that I'm in the midst of a mess. I just choose not to focus on it. I choose not to gaze upon. I choose not to give it my attention and my time. But we look at, gaze upon, focus on the things which are not seen. Now, what does that mean? That means if you don't see it, it's not seen. All I see is anxiety. Well, then you don't see peace. All I see is sickness and hurting. Well, then you're not seeing healing. But I need to look on that which I'm not seeing if I want to see it. If I want to see it in this realm, I've got to look at it before I see it. Is that making any sense? I've got to focus on it. Give it my attention. Give it my gaze, my time. I'm interested in it. I want to look more at peace than I do the anxiety that's all around me. The crisis and the, the, the mess that I'm in. I want to look more at the healing that Jesus paid the price for me to have than I do the sickness that's running rampant in my body right now. I want to look more at the prosperity and the, the inheritance that I have in the kingdom than at the lack and the poverty that's all around me. I'm going to give that my focus. I'm going, to, I'm going to gaze upon that. I'm going to look at the word more than I'm going to look at the doctor report. I'm going to look at the word more than I look at my bank account. I'm going to look at the word more than I look at my marital situation. Whatever it is, I'm choosing to look at what I don't see, and I'm going to stare at it until I see it in the natural. I'm going to give it so much focus and attention and and I'm going to gaze on it so intently that I will eventually see it take place in this room. Why? Because I walk by faith, not by sight. Faith means you don't see it yet. New kingdom, new rules. But the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. Now this is Probably one of my favorite definitions. The things which are seen are temporary. What that word temporary means is this. Subject to change. You ever seen that? Like you ever bought a ticket? Like if you buy like a a baseball ticket, I used to always see that. I remember, uh, you know, I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We had the Texas Rangers right there, man. It was like 15 minutes from the stadium. And anytime I went to the games, I'd always pick up this little pocket calendar that had all the games in it, the whole schedule for the year. You could fold it out, and I would just, I'd always pick one up because it would tell you what dates they were giving away stuff. Those are the games I wanted to go to. I don't care about this day, but I want to go on this day because they're giving away a jersey. You got to be one of the first, you know, 5,000 or something. So we got to get there super early. And we did it. I had all kinds of helmets and bats and. I remember my dad, we, I once went and we got a baseball. It had the Rangers logo on it and everything. And the next day, me and my brother are playing with it. And he got so upset. What are you doing, man? That's a special ball. He probably still has it sitting on his desk. And he had this little baseball plastic thing that you put it in. He's got the lid and he had it sitting. He probably still does. 
had a 7-Eleven logo on it. I'll never, never forget it. But I'm out playing with it. I didn't care. Probably hit it over the fence or cracked somebody's window with it. Uh, but on those schedules, get back to my original point. On the schedule at the bottom, it said subject to change. And I always wonder what that meant. What is it? Subject to change. Why would you change it? But obviously it's due to weather. It's just letting you know, look, just because it's on here doesn't mean it has to stay that way. We could alter this at any time. The things which are seen are meant to be changed. We see the power of darkness in operation, but guess what? We've been given the authority to alter what it looks like today. It's subject to change, which means at some point it can look differently. The sickness that's in your body now is subject to change if you operate in your authority in the kingdom. What your bank account says today is subject to change when we operate in our authority. Your family situation today is subject to change. It's temporary. I mean, it's just for a little while. What you see right now can look... If something's temporary, that means it's not going to stay that way forever. And you don't have to wait for heaven to see it different. We're never told to wait until we get somewhere to see something different. We're told to bring that here. When you bring heaven to earth, the temporary seen stuff changes. When you bring heaven into your marriage, it changes. When you bring heaven into your body, it changes. When you bring heaven into your finances, it changes. When you bring heaven into your family, it changes. Subject to change. But look at this. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They're permanent. That means it will never change. I can always rely on the healing at some point to be manifested. It will never go away. It will, there will never be a point where healing is no longer available to me. Never. It's permanent. Because it's not seen. It's a spiritual force. The spirit realm is meant to dominate and control the natural. The spirit realm is meant, is designed to dominate and control everything you see. Everything that you want to see is designed to override those things that you currently see. If you want to see peace, it is meant to come in and change what you currently see. If you want to see joy, that joy is permanent. It's never going to change. That joy will always change the situation that you apply it to. It's permanent. It lasts forever. It will never go away. There will never be a point in time where the joy of the Lord will not be your strength. (laughs) It's permanent. It lasts forever. It's eternal. The healing that Jesus provided with the stripes on his back, they, that is eternal. That's never going to go away. No matter how bad the situation is, 
in the natural. There's no parameters here. There's no limitations. There's no qualifications. If it's in the seen realm, it can be changed by the unseen, period. There's no unless it gets to this degree or this level or it's this bad. I can cover you up to $100,000, but if you get in debt more than $100,000, forget it. I can't do anything for you. (laughs) There's no limitation. With God, all things are possible. And we found out last week, the only reason they're not possible in our life is because we don't believe. Our believing is the limitation to what God can do in our lives. Our believing, that's it. We set the parameter. We set the limitation. I was reading an article uh, today in a magazine uh, where a minister was talking about a limitless God. And we all, asked, we all uh, can answer the question the same. Does God have any limits? No. But then we get more specific and we start coming up with limits. Does God all powerful? No. Does God have enough power to heal your body? Uh, and we start setting a limit. Does God have enough power to heal your body today? Ooh. Might take a couple of days. What are we doing? We're setting limitations. Does God have the power to heal your body right now, instantly? We set the limitation. We're the ones putting up the prayer because the answer is always yes. God has the power. There's no limit outside of the limits that we put. So we understand this, that this natural power of darkness realm that we see in operation can be changed, can be altered if we would subject it to our authority that we have because the keys of the kingdom have been given to the church. To the church. When you came into the kingdom, you were delivered from the power of darkness. That means that that power no longer rules you, no longer controls you, no longer dictates your life. And we've been conveyed into the kingdom of God. And guess what? Kingdom is a government which contains authority and has power. And if I subject myself to the kingdom of God, the power of darkness has to subject itself to me. You know, sometimes we don't see things under our control and under our dominion because we're out of line with the kingdom of God. I can only operate in authority if I remain under authority. And the level of authority that I operate in in my life directly determines the level of authority I dictate over the power of darkness. Why would this world listen to you when we're not listening to God? If we can't remain obedient to the authority over us, then we don't have any authority over anything else. But no, when we subject ourselves to the new set of rules, the new standard of living in this new kingdom that we're in, 
Look, that's why we got to learn. That's why we got to be trained. This here is, this is school. This is an institution of learning in the kingdom of God. Church services were designed to instruct and teach and equip and edify. They're to give you knowledge. They're to give you revelation. They're to equip you, strengthen you, and edify you to go out there and change something. Church services are to equip you to be the church. That's why it's so important that we're in church. Even in the summertime, in the midst of kids being out of school and uh, vacations going all over the place, it's still important to be in church because I need the knowledge. I need the instruction. I need the edification. I need the building up. Because, the, you know, the world doesn't take the summer off. <laughs> the world doesn't take the summer off. But the churches. The churches, we're just, we're not, we're going to, we won't do uh, Wednesday night services. We're just going to, you know, we understand people's schedules. Look, these doors are going to be open to anyone who wants to come in here and learn how to change the world. As much as possible. I I just value that too much. Because the world, Satan doesn't take the summer off. He's not on vacation saying, well, I'll, I'll come back and torment you later. You can't call Satan's office and get a voicemail that says, uh, Satan will be out of the office from July 1st until July 15th. If you would like to be tormented, please come back after that time. This is an emergency. No. He's working. He's still going. He's still working. He's still the power of darkness. And we've got all the power to trump every bit of his power. And we just don't know it. I don't even know all the power that I possess. I don't even know the full authority that I have in the kingdom of God. But I know this. I'm learning and growing and building myself up and equipping myself and training myself. So when it comes, I can confront it. There are things that I failed in the past that I know that I can fortify myself against. And you won't get me there next time. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's a promise. That is a promise. If you storm the gates of hell, you will win. If you go and advance the kingdom in the midst of hell, you will overcome. Much trial, much test, much tribulation, but you will overcome. Because your authority is greater than the power of darkness. And you've been delivered from the power. That means he can't use his power against you. But now that I'm living according to the new set of rules in the new kingdom, I'm now in a new rule. This world, everything I see, all the mess that's around me, 
I get to change it on a daily basis. All those crazy people you go to work with, you get to change them on a daily basis. That crazy family you have, you get to change it. That marriage is falling apart, you get to change it. Those finances that are just crumbling and deteriorating, you get to change it. The business that just seems like it's going nowhere, you get to change it. Your attitude, you get to change it. Your mindset, you get to change it. Your mouth, you get to change it. All of it comes into alignment when I understand the new standard, the new set of rules in the kingdom, and now I'm in charge. I tell my body what to do. My body doesn't tell me what to do. This world doesn't tell me what to do. I tell the world what to do. I'm dictating. I'm in dominion. I'm governing and ruling just as God intended for us. To rule. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for the great authority, the great power that you have placed within your church, your kingdom citizens. Father, I, I pray tonight that we have an earnest desire to learn the magnitude of our citizenship, the rights and the privileges that we have. As being in the kingdom of God. We're no longer aligned to the earth and what the earth has to offer. But Father, we now begin to look at ourselves as kingdom citizens, the nation, the country, the kingdom of heaven backs us up in everything that we do. Father, I pray we learn. I pray that we have an earnest desire to grow in who we are in the kingdom of God. And we thank you for the opportunity to change the world around us. It doesn't have to stay the same. It doesn't have to. We, we're no longer dictated by it. We're not dictated by this economy. We're not dictated by this government's health care. We're not dictated by this government, by this nation, by this world, by our jobs, by what is taking place in the earth. Even for those of us that rely on the weather for our job. We're not dictated by the weather. You stood up on the edge of a boat and commanded a storm to be still. We're in charge. New kingdom. New rules. We're in charge. We tell the rain when to rain. We tell the rain when to stop. We tell the winds when to stop. We tell the snow when to stop. We tell the sun when to go back. We are the ones that are in charge. Help us understand the authority and the dominion that we possess as kingdom citizens that we have an opportunity in this earth to change what we currently see. If we don't like it, we can change it. And the power of darkness has no say. The power of darkness is not more powerful than your power operating in and through our lives. We thank you for this tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to take up our tithe and offering at this time. If you need an offering envelope, please raise.